Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your household are doing well and you are blessed. Uh, we are talking about God's grace and man's faith. And yesterday we spoke about uh, expressions of faith and we talked about uh, speaking the word of God. That's one of the expressions of faith. And let us continue in that before we go to the next segment. And uh, <coughs> I read to you from Mark chapter 11 about Jesus cursing the fig tree, how he spoke to the fig tree and he cursed the fig tree. And now I'm going to talk to you from Mark 11 uh, from verse 25 to 34. And this is the story of the woman with the issue of blood. So I'll start reading it now. It says in verse 11, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her, that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and asked who touched my clothes. And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked around to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now, this is a woman... Um, it says that she had an issue of blood 12 years. And that, I mean, you know, we don't know exactly what her disease was, but she had been bleeding for 12 years. And let me tell you, it, I mean, it reminds me of a woman uh, who came to our crusade. Actually, she was carried, <coughs> I'm sorry, she was carried to our crusade um, in, in Maramba in Zambia a few years ago. And I'll never forget her. She was, I mean, she was, an African black lady, but she was pale as a sheet. She looked like a dead body. She was like a skeleton and they had carried her there and she couldn't even stand on her feet. And I asked what was wrong with her. And they said she has had a bleeding, I think for two years. And, and when I saw that woman, of course, God touched her and healed her and she stood up and began to walk. She was healed. But to see that woman in that condition, after two years of bleeding, I can only imagine what this woman in the Bible must have been like after 12 long years of bleeding. So we can safely assume that she, uh, she was in a very bad shape. Now, then it tells us something else about her. <coughs> it, said, it says that she had suffered many things of many physicians. Now, doctors in those days didn't have the knowledge that doctors in our day have, but she had been to many doctors. We can see that she had been to many doctors. And not only that, it looks, it appears that she used to be a woman of means because it says she had been to many physicians and had spent all that she had, but instead of getting better, she actually got worse. Now, a person like that, I have seen people like that who have been sick for a long, long time and they have done, you know, they've been to every prayer meeting. They get into every healing line to receive laying on of hands. They go to all the doctors and, you know, do what they can to get well, but they only get worse. And people like that 
often they're very, uh, they're kind of jaded, disillusioned, sometimes even bitter, but there's an element of disillusionment there. And uh, after a long time of suffering, like this woman had suffered nonstop for 12 years, they're in such a place that if you ever suggest to them, hey, listen, there's a service going on and they're going to pray for the sake, would you like to come? And, you know, they probably wouldn't come because they have done everything they can and nothing has happened and they're, they're disillusioned and they've given up. But this woman, she was not like that. She had been in great pain. She had suffered for 12 years, but she had a spark of faith left in her because it says when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. So this woman, I mean, actually, if you read the story, it's very fascinating because Jesus was in another place and he was teaching. <coughs> I'm sorry. And there was this Jewish priest called Jairus. He actually came uh, to Jesus and begged him and said, Jesus, my daughter, uh, 12 years old, is at the point of death. Could you please come and lay hands on her so that my daughter would live. And so Jesus uh, said to Jairus, yes, I'll go with you. So Jesus was actually accompanying Jairus to his village, to the village where he lived. And they happened to pass through the village where this woman lived. So, uh, the, the, you know, that was just a, he was in transit. Jesus was coming from one place, going to the village of Jairus and this woman's village where she lived was in the way. So I can imagine her laying in bed and then she hears the commotion outside and uh, she says, who's there? Uh, what's happening? And somebody says, Jesus is there. Jesus, is he the one who heals the sick? And, uh, and they said, yes, it is she. So she somehow, you know, she decided I am going to touch the, his garment and I shall be healed. So she got up and she made her way outside the door and she saw the crowd thronging Jesus that had slowed him down somewhat because everybody wanted to touch Jesus. And then it says she came from behind and touched him. But it, it also tells us what it was that propelled her to go through the crowd to touch Jesus. And that is in verse 28. Verse 27 says that she, she came from behind and touched him. And verse 28 says, because she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, I like that word said here because the Greek word here is the word legu, which means to repeatedly, continually declare or affirm something. So this woman, she hears Jesus is in town and then she had a spark of of faith left, but she, what she did, she pulled out the bit of faith that she had in her and she projected that faith towards Jesus. And then she said, because if you remember, as I told you, faith always has a voice. Faith is never silent. Faith, faith always has a voice. Faith always says something. So she said, and she said repeatedly, loudly, affirming, declaring, she said, if I will touch his clothes, I shall be whole. She didn't say, if I touch his clothes, I might be whole. She didn't say, let me see what happens if I sneak up to him and touch his clothes. Let's see if it's my lucky day. She didn't say that. She said, all I have to do is touch his clothes and I shall be whole. If I touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And so this whole word, 
this whole word lego, which is here for she said, it actually means that she repeatedly declared and affirmed something. So she kept on saying, if I touch his clothes, I shall be healed. Because you see, what propels you is the word of faith that you speak. When you speak the word and 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 you follow that word up with corresponding action, a miracle is going to happen. And that's what this woman did. Now, why did she speak the word repeatedly? I don't know, but all I know is that she was putting her faith out. And, and you must, it's very important that we put our faith out and we follow that and we follow that through and, and, and do that which we are declaring. So this is very, very important. For she said continuously, repeatedly, she said uh, that if I may touch his clothes, I shall be healed. If I touch his clothes, I shall be healed. If I touch his clothes, I shall be healed. And so then she kind of pushed her way through the crowd. You must remember she was emaciated. She was uh, weak, but somehow she made it and she she went and she touched her his clothes. And the moment she touched him, it says in verse 29, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed. And immediately the moment she touched him, the power of God came from Jesus into her and in an instant she was healed. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples said, Lord, what are you saying? Everyone is thronging you. Everybody wants to touch you. But Jesus said, no, this was a touch of faith. There's a difference between a touch and a touch of faith. This was a touch of faith. And the woman was afraid. It says she was afraid. She was fearing and trembling. And do you know why she was fear and trembling? Because she had broken the Jewish law. The law of Moses said that anybody, a woman with an issue of blood, could not physically touch anybody because whosoever she touched, even if she sat on a chair, that chair would be unclean. Whoever she touched would be unclean. But here's the thing. When you touch Jesus, you can never make him unclean because the life and the virtue that is in him will make you clean. And then uh, she said, Lord, it was me. And Jesus said to her daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now, this is a beautiful story, but what was her faith? <clears throat> what is it that launched her? First thing was that she heard of Jesus. That was the first thing she heard of Jesus. And the moment she heard of Jesus, she decided, I'm going to go there. I'm going to touch him. But we know that she had faith, that she wasn't just taking a chance because she spoke her faith. And that is very important. And here's the, le here's the lesson for us. When, when God stirs our heart, we must always speak out our faith. Because you see, here's, you remember the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4. And the first, uh, you know, there were the four kinds of soil where the seed was sown. And the first one, I want to draw your attention to the first kind of soil. It says that's where the sower sowed the seed. It was sowed on good ground. But he said the birds of the air immediately came and, and, and picked the seed out. And that's what happens because uh, when, when faith stirs in you and you're going, to, uh, you're going to act in faith, you're going to move in faith, then suddenly the birds of the air come. That means doubts 
and fears and thoughts come and they assail your mind and they'll tell you that, you know, there's, there's no point in doing this. You have, you have touched, uh, you know, so many men of God and they have touched you and they have prayed for you. You've been to all these doctors and nothing has ever happened. What makes you think that you'll be healed just because you touch Jesus? You see, the devil will always try to talk you out of acting and moving in faith. So what you have to do, you have to counter all those attacks of the devil by speaking the word. And that's what this woman was doing. I'm not saying that that's, she was thinking of that process, but spontaneously she began to speak out her faith. And she said, if I touch his clothes, I shall be healed. She didn't say I might be healed. She said, I shall be healed. If I touch his clothes, I shall be healed. If I touch his clothes, I shall be healed. I call that audacious faith that does not know how to give up. She said, I shall touch his clothes and I shall be healed. And then she pressed through the crowd and she touched Jesus and she got what she wanted. And look at what Jesus said to her. Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Your, he's, she's the one who initiated it. And all she did, she didn't even ask him to pray for her. She's the one who touched him. And he was so full of that life and power that it flowed from him, healed her. And she said, your faith has healed you. Beautiful story. Now, let me tell you another example of speaking the word. And that is Romans chapter four, verse 17. Now, this is the story, uh, you know, it talks about Abraham, how Abraham believed God. Uh, and, you know, and in spite of the barrenness of Sarah's womb and, and how uh, you know, how he was old and all that. And it says here, I love this verse, Romans 4, 17. It says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Wow. Let me read it again. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Now, this is very, very powerful because what it is saying that you remember when God said to Abraham about being a father of many nations, God actually said to Abraham, he didn't say, Abraham, one day you will be a father of many nations. He didn't say that. What God said to him, I have made you the father of many nations. I have made you. Now, God claimed that he had made Abraham the father of many nations. Ten years, they say, I don't know the exact number, but historians say it was ten years before Isaac was born. 10 years before Isaac was born. Now, Sarah was an old lady. She was barren. She couldn't even have children when she was young. And Abraham was an old man. And he, of course, couldn't father a child. And here comes God. And God says to Abraham, he says, Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. And in fact, Abraham's name was not Abraham. His name was Abram, A-B-R-A-M, Abram. So God said to him, he says, Abraham, I have made you Abraham. The word Abraham or Abraham, that actually means the mean, the literal meaning of Abraham 
is one who is a father of many nations. So God talked to this old man and changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Abraham, which means one who is a father of many nations. So God says, that's your name. So the next day, you know, the old man gets up, he goes to the market to buy some food and somebody greets him and says, hey, Abram. And he corrected them. He said, I'm not Abram. I am Abraham. That means I am the father of many nations. Now, here's the thing. God called him the father of many nations years before he actually became a father. And not only that, he called him the father of many nations when he was old. And in the natural, it was impossible for him and his wife to have a child. But that is what God said. So this is what it says. As it is written, listen to this. I have made you a father of many nations. And then it says before him who he believed, even God. So that means that Abraham, he considered himself a father, the father of many nations, not before man, because people would laugh at him, ridicule him. They might say the old man is losing it. I mean, he's old. His wife is barren. They couldn't even have kids when they were young. What in the world is he talking about? But he was not a father of many nations in the eyes of the people who beheld him. But he was so before God whom he believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Now, this is an attribute of God. It says that God who gives life to the dead and he calls those things which are not as though they were. Let me repeat that. God calls those things which do not exist as though they already existed. That is faith. I mean, just think of it. That's the faith of God. That's, that's, that's beyond man's scope because for us people, we pray and we open our eyes. We wait for something to happen. And if it happens, we believe it. If it doesn't happen, then we'll say, well, it wasn't God's will to answer that and blah, 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 you know, and all those things. But, but God, he calls those things that don't exist as though they were. Interestingly, when God created the heavens and the earth, you remember uh, in the book of Genesis, it says, let there be light. Actually, if you study the Hebrew, it doesn't say let there be light. It said, God said, there is light. That's true. He didn't say let there be light like in the future. He said, there is light and there was light. And Jesus spoke the same way when they came to him and said that Lazarus is dead. And Jesus said, Lazarus is asleep. I will go and wake him up. When Jairus came to, to Jesus and his daughter, you know, was dying at the point of death. And then I told you the story about the woman with the issue of blood after she was healed. As they were going to the house of Jairus, some of the friends of Jairus came running out and they said to Jairus, Jairus, don't, you know, just leave the master alone because your daughter is dead. And what did Jesus do? Jesus looked at Jairus. He saw how downcast Jairus became. And he said to Jairus, he said, Jairus, do not fear, only believe. Then he, he came to the house of Jairus and he saw all the mourners, all the relatives, all the neighbors, everybody was weeping and weeping. And 
wailing because the girl had died. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, the girl is not dead. She's asleep. And they all laughed at him. But now here's the thing. Was Lazarus dead? Of course he was dead. Was the daughter of Jairus dead? Of course she was dead. In the natural, they were dead. But Jesus, what did he say? He never said they were dead. He said, they're asleep and I'm going to wake him up. Why did Jesus talk that way? Because Jesus only spoke with the eyes of the spirit. He, he spoke with the eyes of faith. He only said those things that he saw with the eyes of faith. While everybody else spoke with the natural eyes. So Abraham was an old man. His wife was barren and Abraham couldn't have children when he was young. But God looked at Abraham not with natural eyes, but he looked at him with the eyes of faith. And he, he the one who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as if they existed. He, he, he said to Abraham, Abraham, you are a father of many children. And what did Abraham do? He took that word and you know what he did? He believed it. He didn't say, well, God, what are you talking about? I mean, look at me. If you heal me, I will believe that. He didn't say that. He said that he believed in spite of the barrenness of his wife's, of Sarah's womb. And in spite of the fact that his body was dead, he said he gave glory to God and he praised God and he believed. And because he believed Abraham was righteous. And that is what faith is. So you remember the story of Gideon, how he was a coward. He came to the threshing floor. Uh, he came to the wine press at night to thresh his grain because he was afraid of the Midianites and or the Amalekites, you know, and what did, uh, you know, he was a coward. And uh, I mean, he was doing this thing at night because he was scared of the enemy. What did God said? What did the angel of the Lord say to him? He said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon was not a mighty man of valor. He was a coward. But once the word went, came through that he was a mighty man of valor, Gideon from that place, he rose up and he actually became a mighty man of valor. So that is why many times in the scriptures, that's what God says about, about us using this principle of calling those things that be not as though they weren't. And that's why the Bible says, let the weak say, I feel terrible. They didn't say that. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Hallelujah. Because now when a poor person can say, I am rich, He's actually not looking at his resources, but he's looking at God, at, that he is rich in Christ. And so that's why God says with, with the stripes of Jesus, we have been healed. But you know, but my doctor says I'm sick. I feel sick. That's true. You feel sick. That's what the doctor said. And that's true. That's a physical reality. So we live in a world because you see our, we, in the body of Christ, our feet are on this earth. But in the spirit, we are seated together with Jesus Christ at the right hand of God. And we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ and all things belong to us. Just think of it. We are, we are, our feet are here on this earth, but we are at the same time, we are seated at the right hand of the father and we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ and everything that the father has belongs to us. So 
because we live in these two worlds, we have to know when we say natural things and see natural things and when we look at those spiritual things and embrace them and acknowledge them. And that is why when God says, with the stripes of Jesus, you are healed, that is how he looks at you. And so we should then learn to say the same thing. We should learn to say the same thing as God says and begin to declare, Jesus, you have said that you have borne, your word tells me you have borne my diseases, you have carried my pains, and with your stripes I am healed. I therefore declare that Jesus Christ has borne my diseases. This is not mind over matter. This is not pretending you're healed when you're not. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about declaring the word of God, declaring what the Lord declares. And that's why even if you feel condemned and, you know, on this earth, we will never be perfect in the flesh. And in spite of our failures, in spite of our daily shortcomings and daily um, uh, failures, we can still rise up and say there is no condemnation on those who are in Christ Jesus. We can say greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. And we can even declare in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made Jesus who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus is my righteousness. Jesus Christ is my healing. Jesus Christ is my life. Jesus Christ is my salvation. And you see all these things as I, that I'm saying that, you know, you can be attacked in your body and yet declare you are healed because God declares you, he, you are healed and you can have shortcomings and failures and yet declare that you have been made righteous. Now, all these things are only available in Christ, not in ourselves, because you see here's the, the truth is that without Christ, we are still nothing without Christ doesn't matter how Christian we are, because the moment you look at yourself without Christ, you are nothing. And that's why Paul looked at himself. He said, in me lives nothing good. But when we are in Christ, hallelujah, there's no devil, no evil that can face us. We are undefeatable. And thank God, I say to myself, I say, you know what? Without Christ, I'm in nothing. But thank God, I'm not without Christ. I am in Christ. The Bible says my life is hidden in Christ, in God, and I am in Christ Jesus, and Christ Jesus is in me. So I am lost in Christ, and I am found in Christ, and my life is in the secret place of the Most High. I am hidden in Him, and because I choose to dwell in that place, it says because you have chosen the Lord your God, the Most High, your habitation, to be your habitation in Psalm 91. No evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. So the secret is, is, is to be and abide in the Lord. Because if you abide in Jesus, if you identify yourself in with Christ and with the death and the burial of Christ and say that I died with Christ, I rose with Christ and I abide in him and my life is hidden in Christ and in Christ because of what Jesus did for me, I have been made righteous because of what Jesus has done for me. I have been healed. He has borne my diseases, carried my pains and that is it is from that position of being in Christ that you and I have the right to declare and speak the word of God and call those things that be not as though they were, because that is what God does. He gives life to the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. So you and I can do the same. We can call those things that do not exist as if they existed. Why? Because God says, 
that we are what we are. You see, you are what God says you are. You have what God says you have. And we are in Christ and in Christ we are healed. We are blessed. We are blessed. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says we are blessed with every blessing in Christ and heavenly realms. And that is the walk of faith. That is faith. Declaring the word, speaking the word with boldness, speaking the word with boldness. Hallelujah. And then uh, because it says God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. And the word calls here is the Greek word kaleo. That means to loudly call out. You call out those things that be not. You call out. You call it out. You say, thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus, that I have been made righteous. So with a loud voice, you and I have the right to call out. We have the right to call out that we are made righteous in Christ. We are made, we, we, are, we, we can with a loud voice, kaleo, that means call out that we are the righteousness of God. We can call out that we are the healed of God. We can call out that we are redeemed. And that's what faith is. Faith is calling out, speaking out, not just thinking in your mind or whispering a bedroom prayer but to call out, to open your mouth and speak out the word of God and declare that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ. My household, my family is blessed. Hallelujah. We'll, we'll carry on more uh, about that tomorrow, but let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Let your hand of mercy be upon each home, each family. Meet every need they have, Father, in spirit, soul, and body. I pray that they may stand strong, and walk with you and be an influence in this world for Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. I'll be seeing you again tomorrow.